Well, Merry Christmas, church. Uh, you, you guys are alive this morning. And so as soon as Raph came up here and said good morning and you said good morning back collectively and corporately, I knew uh, it was going to be a beautiful day. Uh, for, I hope that you're getting tired of hearing this, but we're going to oversell and communicate this. Um, next week, there are no services. So uh, just, it's just my worst nightmare that somebody will be like, you know what? I'm going to go. I haven't been in church in 17 years, but I'm going to go. And they come out here and they're knocking on the door. And it's just a really sad scene in my mind. So don't let that happen. Don't invite anybody to church next week, but bring them on January 2nd. The next time we'll gather together, it will be 2022. Can you believe that? Um, this, has been, um, this has been a long year. Right? We've packed, in some ways, years of craziness into 2021 and um, as we end this year together, uh, I'm really encouraged. I'm really impressed with the faithfulness of God globally, but specifically here in our midst in 2021. I'm really impressed that in a year where everything would say this can't happen, uh, and we're not even sure how it happened, uh, we've had week in, week out, especially in the fall, uh, people attending Relentless Church for the very first time, which, is, which has always been our heartbeat, untold, unconvinced, and, and people that are looking for this gospel-centered, forever-focused, multi-ethnic movement. Um, but so many of you, we're still meeting or haven't met yet, and we'll get to that. We're looking forward to that in the new year, but I've been so encouraged by um, some just core people. Some of them have been with us for a few months. A lot of them have been with us for years that have just continued to do the behind the scenes. There's people you never see. They're never on stage. Um, just the consistency of faithfulness from God first, but his people um, behind that has made this very challenging year still a very encouraging and beautiful year. But we're ready to get to the next year. And as we've talked about these last few weeks, this series, our Christmas series is called Here We Come. And it's not about, hey, setting attendance records as a church. It's about, here we come, becoming the church that God called us to be. And in the challenge of this year, part of the challenge for us specifically, and this isn't every church, but part of the challenge for us in 2021, uh, especially the fall, uh, has been football, right? So we're, we're a Carolina Panthers church, right? And again, I, I feel like I say that all the time, and I don't, I don't want to have to say the same thing every time. So uh, this is here's what I promise you. This is the last time I'll say it this year, all right? We, 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 if you hate football, don't care about football, that's fine. We just, if somebody ever asks you, hey, do you care, do you have a football team? We just ask you to say, yeah, the Carolina Panthers. That's what my pastor said I'm supposed to say. Just say, you don't have to watch a game, you don't have to cheer for them. We just ask kind of to rally around that. Now, if you are a football fan and you got to, you know, you grew up wherever and you cheer for that team first, like we approve that, that's cool. We just ask Carolina to be your second team. Just, it's the one thing other than Jesus that we try to unify around this place is the Carolina Panthers because uh, it's just a good thing. God's in it. Keep pounding. It's scripture. It's all that, right? So we say that. And then this season, um, and you don't have to know anything about football because sometimes people are like, you know, the sports stuff, like I don't watch sports. Like, you don't have to understand sports to understand what I'm saying. We hired a new coach. We had some great years. And then we had some so We hired a new coach and everything was going to be great. Last year was his first year, but that doesn't count because it, was, it didn't count. Last year didn't count, right? So this was his second year, but his first real year. And uh, man, we had high hopes and we talked and we prayed and, and we started 3-0. and And it has been unwatchable <laughs> since then, right? And I'm the biggest... 
I'm the biggest cheerleader. That's Matt Rule is his coach's name. I pray for him. That's still my guy. But I mean, the, the, the rumors and the, under, like, it's Bill. Like, he's in trouble. Like, it is not just losing games. It has been unwatchable football. We've won, like, one game in a couple months. And, and the only week that we really were able to celebrate in here was our bye week because we knew we weren't losing that week because we didn't play, right? So, so all of that, and yet, I stand here. The last time we'll gather this year saying, like, I still believe in our Panthers, right? Amen. As the the weeks go by, though, I feel like they're less of our Panthers and more of my Panthers. In fact, some of you that are in disobedience to God and not, like, getting on the train, right? (laughs) Some of you are now enjoying Admit it, you're enjoying how bad we're looking. You're enjoying how devastating the season has been and shame on you. I don't use that phrase lightly. Shame on you for that. Thank you. Come. Now when I get when I get when I get Coronado Davis, give him like that's God's in that, right? Preach. Here we come. But but I gotta admit. It's struggling because what I see each week is in opposition to what I'm telling you up here, right? So we got four games. If we win those games, crazy this year, we'll be in the playoffs, right? So I'm believing that, but I'm admitting for the first time publicly that my hope in the Panthers may be, I don't think it is, but it may be completely unfounded. My hope may just be a very optimistic fan. And what's a fan's job? We're fanatics, right? We just keep believing when there's zero evidence to believe. We keep hoping even when everything on Sunday at 1 o'clock tells you, just stop. (laughs) But we're going to keep pounding. But I wanted to use that to get into this last message and Christmas message because I, I just really believe I'm... I'm getting back out into the world. I'm getting to talk to people more as part of my daily week, which is so good because there's a season there where I just, you know, there was no meetings happening and it was really hard. But I just love and as I get back, I, I think there's a ton of people that that whole little Panthers intro that I just gave you, and I pray about what I talk about. God, I don't know. Yeah. That whole thing is very similar, if not even identical, to where a lot of folks stand with God. Like they believed it and they wanted to believe it and they wanted it to be true and they wanted to believe there's a savior that came for them and knows their name and all that. But at the end of the day, it's like, like how long am I going to keep believing something that in my day-to-day life I see nothing to reinforce? And there's a lot of folks and we love them here. We never, we never degrade or minimize folks that don't have faith or agnostic, atheist. Like those are our Those are our people. We love them. We pray for them. But there's a lot of folks out there, maybe even in here online. I don't know. There's a lot of people out there that they look at you and they say, bless your heart because if that helps you, that's great. But what is your faith built on? And what they believe is it's built on nothing, nothing more than what belief in a team. It's just hope that's unfounded. But that's where we disagree. And that's where we come to celebrate and worship and Live out what God's called us to be. I was reminded of this verse this week. I just want to put it on the screen. It's Romans 15. This is true. This is us. It's a beautiful prayer. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. We've preached this before. 
so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the difference between a Jesus follower and a Panther fan, right? I'm, I'm hopeful, Panthers. I'm not overflowing with hope. And the power, I don't know, right? We don't know where the powers come from. But that's different than what we're talking about. We are overflowing with hope. And i got to be honest, there's been some times in 2021, if you ask me honestly, Pastor, where's your, where's your hope meter right now. Ten is overflowing. One is there's no hope. I don't live. Uh, please, I hope you know better. Pastors don't live in this ten. Woo! I just go, right? I can get distracted. I can get distraught and all those things. But when I come back to the truth of the God of hope that has filled and will continue to fill me with joy and peace, I do. I really do. Overflow with what? With hope. Powered by something. Not, not by, well, I hope when we die there's something more. That'd be nice. Not, 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 not I, you know, I hope that there was a baby and I, I hope God loves me. I hope, like, that'd be cool if this life isn't the end. Right? No, it's, it's not just blind, unfounded hope. I am overwhelmed, overflowing with hope. And the power in that hope comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that drives this church, that lives in his people, the Holy Spirit that is working in this room and online and across the whole world today, and it'll be working across the whole world tomorrow. So the question is, will he come through? Right, I, I did a whole deal that I won't go back to months ago about our coach for the Panthers and why, why we believe in him, what he did at, at, at Temple and what he did at Baylor. It's supernatural, right? You just, you can't do that. So, but, but the thing is, if you know football, like college success doesn't always equal, usually doesn't equal NFL success. So that's where it's like, Willie, like I hope, right? But, but let's talk about our God. I'm done with the Panthers, all right? Will he come through? He, you know, we sing some crazy lyrics about what he's done. Some of our lyrics are pointing us to what's coming, what he's going to accomplish. Like, how do we know? Is that blind faith and and the story of Christmas is, is what we go back to. It's not that we just hope he's going to come through. He already did. Right? You, you, as, as non, for most of us, at least for non-Jewish people, we, we don't understand that, that they were chosen. Like there, there wasn't, uh, you know, this race that God said, hey, I like them. I'm going to make them my people. That wasn't it. There was no Jew. There was no such thing as a Jew. He started with one man and he prophesied the multi-ethnic church through this one man, right? Uh, prophesying all the way back in Genesis, there would be a son of God and he would come and he would change everything through one man. All races, ethnicities, nations in Genesis would be blessed. And from one man, he created a people. They became known as Jewish people. So, so, you know, we all struggle with pride in certain ways. We talk about that sin a lot. Imagine the racial pride if you were the chosen Jewish people and all of your chosenness was God chose you and then he brought you out of Egypt when you, all that whole crazy thing, he gave you your own land and your own name and your own relationship and your job was to help bring the son of God, Messiah, the, the one who's different, the one who's going to make everything right. And that was always the story. They were always talking about what God did and what God was going to do. Everything was leading up to this one, this one Messiah, and it was all kinds of prophecy all through Isaiah, all, all through the Old Testament, different prophets given different details, different hints, different clues. Hey, there's one coming. 
It may be tough right now. You may be exiled right now. You may be Babylon. There's one coming that's going to make everything right. And we have these prophets speaking all through uh, what we refer to as the Old Testament. And then there's 400 years, 400 years of silence. God was not silent in that he was, he was still active, he was still working, he was still God. But as far as speaking to his people through the prophets, there, there's nothing written, there's nothing said, there's nothing happening from God. It's 400 years of darkness. And somewhere, many times, through the conversations of grandparents and grandkids and Jewish people, and especially when they were exiled, especially when they were in bondage, and especially when they were enslaved, hey, where's this good God that you're always talking about? Where's this God who did whatever? When's he going to come and save us? Well, one day there's going to be a Messiah. It's prophesied. Well, when? Well, we don't know, but it's soon. Well, we don't, you know, the doubts that had to creep in. And then just like God, in, his, in Jesus and his humility to show up on what some would say a random night and not to show up in the middle of the town square or with fireworks and all the show, but just to show up to some shepherds and for an angel to say those beautiful words. This will be on the screen from Luke. I, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. What a crazy statement from the angel to come to the shepherds and start to speak biblical language about the coming Messiah, right? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Christ translated also Messiah. This is the one that all of, since creation and, and Adam and Eve sinned and were separated from God, there was a promise of one to come to make everything right. And thousands of years went by and now an angel shows up in the middle of the night and the one is coming. There is one to be born and he will bring great joy for who? The Jewish people. No, even the angel. For all the people. Jesus showed up. When you're wondering, and I, and I know you do, and I know I do, when you're wondering, will God come through in 2022? In my whatever you're walking through, we have to go back. We have to go back to the silence and the darkness and, the, and then the Jesus that showed up and how that changed everything that night and how that baby grew into a man who went to a cross for your sin and mine and defeated death defeated sin, and now makes us a people of his own. The, the, the promise that was, there's going to be a Messiah, connects to the promise that is to come, that this life isn't all that there is. At, towards the end of Matthew, he tells us this gospel, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Right? Not the end of existence, not the end of life. No, the end of this earth, the end of what we know and this reality. That will end when? We don't know, but it's coming. And it says the gospel, the good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed. That's what we do each week. We proclaim the gospel. And I want to focus on that word kingdom today. In this last message of our year at Relentless, the gospel of the kingdom I don't know if you realize that you're a part of a kingdom. Right? What does kingdom mean in scripture? Because it's used a ton, right? There's a simple definition that says God's reign 
through God's people. So it's God's rule, it's God's dominion, it's God and his authority in, in you know, and around culture and all that goes on in our world, but it's God's rule and it's through God's people, or you could also say through God's church. So here's the question that I want us to, to be real honest with this morning. Not in any kind of shame or guilt way, just be honest. Whose kingdom are you building? Right? Kingdom meaning whose rule, whose authority, what's it centered around? Is it God's kingdom? That, that God's the only one that can really build his kingdom, but he invites and uses his people and his church. And if you call yourself, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm part of that, then you're part of like this thing that's so much bigger than you, and it'll, it was before you, it'll be after you, and this is a beautiful thing that we're called into. Or are you, in fact, maybe doing what's so easy for humans to do, and that is living our lives and trying to build our own Kingdom. That doesn't mean you're trying to be famous. That doesn't mean you're trying to do anything evil. It just means you're living for your own emotions, your own feelings, your own desires. And, and I, it may be easy to preach this and come off like, hey, here, here he comes with, with the shame, right? Because I want nice stuff and now he's trying to make me feel good. I don't want any guilt. That's not what this is about. If you get good Christmas gifts this week later on, God bless you, right? I'm hoping for that myself, right? So there's no shame in that. There's no shame in anything. I'm, I, I'm just asking a question of my own heart and of yours. Like, whose kingdom am I really about? And, and it's not so that we feel bad about ourselves if we're working on our own kingdoms. It's the reality that y'all can prove, if you'll go with me here, the reality that when we live these tiny little lives for our own kingdom building, it produces regret and emptiness. Right? We could go around the room. We won't. We could go around the room and talk about what is something you always thought, if I could have that, achieve that, be that, I would never ask for anything the rest of my life? We could go around the room. Some of us have gotten some of those things. Some of us haven't. We could go around the room, and the commonality would be, no, it was great. We don't have to act like it wasn't. But you know, it didn't satisfy me long term like I thought. Right, we see that in the, in the wonder and the beauty of this week and Christmas, man, my kids are older and I, I'm not trying to get, I'm not in a hurry for grandkids, trust me, right? But man, you guys, I know, I pray for you, parents, parents of young kids, it is a different ball game. Like we got teenage issues and that's a whole other, like you don't be in a hurry for that. But man, for this week, if you got little ones, like soak that up, right? If your kids are still wearing onesies, right? Just squeeze them. Squeeze them for me. You don't have to tell them. Just squeeze them for me. It's just a beautiful, and, and in that time when they want, but then as they get older, they want other things, and we can go back, a lot of us, I can go back to, to so many years, elementary school, middle school, high school. Oh, man, if I could just have this gift, this item, this tech, this pair of shoes, like I'm good. I, don't, I won't ask for anything else. Show, show, this, show this picture to him, Ernest, please. This, this is my, one of my favorite gifts, maybe my favorite gift I ever got for Christmas. I want to see if y'all know what that is. Remember that? Raise your hand if you remember that. It ain't many of you. My people. All right. So that's called, if you can see, it's called Intellivision. And this is a video game console. Don't laugh, young people. That is a video game console. I think it's stylish to me. So there was something called Atari you may have heard of. This was kind of like a knockoff or maybe not a knockoff. Maybe was a, I was told this morning it was a competitor. 
Uh, but this came out like late 70s. We got it in 1985, right? And it was the best thing ever, right? And I, and I thought, man, and it wasn't one of those stories where, hey, I played it all day on Christmas and then forgot about it. I played it all day, like for the next four years of my life, right? And, and show the next slide, Ernest. If you don't know how this works, you need to know this. Those little controllers, right? So you would take these little plastic things, and they had really cool names for the games. You probably can't see that in the corner. But the football game was called football, right? So it's really like creative marketing to really make it. So you'd buy the disc, you'd put the disc, that one that's in the picture, I didn't have that one, but that one, they really spent a lot of time on that one they named auto racing. It was a racing game, I bet, right? So you put the cartridge in there and then you put that little uh, sleeve in there and, and then like you press the buttons, but it was brilliant because they, you know, whatever technology, dude, right? They, they make it work where you hit the buttons and it works with a game. And it was just like, we had an television. me and my brother, like cause fights, like in television, just, just in television all day, all night for, for years. Like I don't need, I don't need anything else. And, and I never, right? I never went back and like got, like I need the next biggest, greatest thing. I, I just, at some point, I don't even remember. It just kind of faded. I still love it. Like my son was telling me like, you can still get those today. I was like, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that, right? Do they work Are they in, in functioning order? I got I to gotta look into that, right? But the, that's my in television store. You guys, you got something. And they're not bad. I'm not, the, we're never, God, God is, God is pro in television. I believe that at least, right? I don't have a scripture. And whatever you get, or well, it's not about that. It's, it's the commonality, the row to row. You got something that, oh, this is what I've always needed. And it fades. None of, like as I got older, I didn't care about that. I wanted the, the coat or the starter jacket. You know what I'm saying? Some of you are like, what is he talking about? Just Google it later. You can catch all up with the shoes. You know, we're a sneakerhead family, right? Shoes, none of those shoes I wear. I don't even know where they are. Like they're, they're destroyed. They're in the, I don't know what happens to shoes, where they go when they die, but they're like none of that. It doesn't last, but I'm not, that's not even my point that it doesn't last. My point is it doesn't satisfy. There's nothing wrong with getting stuff. It's, it's building our lives around stuff. It's, it's not even about stuff. It's about whose kingdom. Like, honestly, church, whose kingdom are you building? Like, where's your energy? Where, where's your mind? Where's your passion? Where's your resources? It's not about us and the things that we may or may not get. They were never even meant to satisfy our soul. There's only one thing that satisfies, and his name is Jesus. He showed up in the middle of nowhere, not in a fairy tale. It's not a fun story we tell in December. There was an actual baby that was born out by the barn in a city called Bethlehem that you can still visit today. And this baby grew into a man. And this man had all the power of heaven and earth and chose to let a group of men crucify him. Not start to crucify him and then save himself, but fully crucify him dead in order to pay the penalty for something we could never do ourselves. Our sin, he was innocent, but he paid our price. And then he rose from the dead to validate because he knew there'd be people 
across the ocean in 2021 who sat in a room like this and thought, man, I just don't know. Like, that sounds like, how do we know if that's actually true? So he did the one thing that nobody has been able to do since and nobody can do or will do. He validated everything he taught and was by walking out of a grave and showing that he holds all things for all time. And he came, hear this church, he came to radically alter our lives. Not to make us feel better about some things, not to slightly tweak and adjust some things. He came to radically alter how we live our entire lives. And if maybe, if maybe you're sitting here today and your life really isn't that radically different because of Jesus, perhaps you're building your own kingdom. Because the Jesus of Scripture, the Jesus that wants to invite you into his kingdom work, man, when you surrender yourself to him, he beautifully but radically alters your life. He, he didn't come to be celebrated on a holiday. He didn't come so we could give each other's gifts. He didn't come so we could come and sing. He didn't come so we could have some people that we get through life with. He came to reign as king. King Jesus. All this nativity stuff is cool, but it's sometimes hard for people like baby, you know, weak. And, and, and he did. He came weak. He came helpless. Like babies need help. Jesus needed help. Jesus, all that happened. Got his diaper changed. All that. That was part of, but that was just so he could live the full human experience. So nobody in this room could say, well, he doesn't know what it's like to know. He knows fully what it means to be human. He cried. He wept. He had emotions. He got sad. He got hungry. He got tired. All of that. He lived in a human body, but he was fully God. And he did all that so he could die in our place and then defeat death. And the ultimate reason that he showed up was so that he could save us from our sin and then reign as king. And that his church, not relentless church, his global church could bring his kingdom to earth. Our Father, who lives in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Not, not one day, get everything right. No, day by day, through the power of your people, God's rule through God's people, that God's kingdom would happen in America, in Raleigh, North Carolina. It would come to earth through the living out of Jesus in us in our everyday lives. That's kingdom. But we have to choose to surrender to him and then live to build and be a part of his kingdom. And it's so easy for me to get caught up in trying to build my own kingdom. So what draws us to not kingdom or not build our own kingdom, but, but be a part of his? It's, it's always the same answer. It's his love. It's the overwhelming, we sang so beautifully, the overwhelming love that he would come get us. That's the story of Christmas, that he would come get us. And it's not, you know, if you're here today and you're living for yourself, that's normal, right? That's, that looks all kinds of ways, and we're not mad at you, and we all understand that. And what's going to draw you to live for him is not some great message or not any kind of shame or guilt or why you waste your life. What's going to draw you and change you forever is the love that God has for you, proven through Jesus showing up on earth, dying on a cross, raising from the dead. And we pray.
by the power of the Holy Spirit. That if you're in the room and you've never surrendered to Jesus, we talk a lot about people believe in God. It's really not about that. It's about surrendering to Jesus, choosing God. You can use me. If you can use me in any kind of small way to to build what you're building, I want to be part of your kingdom. That all starts with a simple decision, not to believe in God, but to surrender the authority and control of your life to him. You can do that this morning. We don't have to have a a big invitation or a baptism Sunday, which we got one of those coming in not too long. We don't have to do all that. Just so you know, when we sing in a little bit or when we pray in a little bit or even as I'm preaching, God, God can tune me out, right? He can hear both of us at the same time. All you do is you simply pray to him. I want to not just believe in you, God. I want to surrender my life to you. And that is the beginning of the rest of your life. So I guess... Without answering out loud, I wanted to ask you, my last chance to be with you this year, I wanted to ask you, do you honestly feel a part of a gospel-centered, forever-focused, multi-ethnic movement of God? Right, because that's what we claim to be. If you've been around, you know we say that a lot. That's what we claim to be, a movement. To be a movement, it's got to move. Right? So it's so easy to be a part of coming to church, and that's never what we wanted to be about. So, so do you feel that? Do you, do you look in the mirror? Do you say, like, I'm a part of a movement. I'm a part of better than a movement. Let's use his word, God's word. I'm a part of a kingdom with a king that's advancing. Yes, I have a job that I'm blessed with. Yes, I have life and I'm gonna watch football. There's a lot of stuff that won't matter at all in eternity that's not bad and that's cool and that's part of life. But everything about me comes back to one thing. I'm a child of the king and the kingdom is advancing and the kingdom is coming and this life's gonna end and that's what I'm about. You feel that. We gotta feel that together. And when we start feeling that, knowing that, then we can talk about, here we come. That's what unites us, church. We, man, this is always stuff to divide us. You know, for a multi-ethnic church and a multi-generational church, there's always, like, election years are hard on society. They're hard on us, 2016, 2020, but it's, it's bigger than that. It's, and then 20, this stuff, you know, and what could unite a people? We got people that feel this way about vaccinations, feel that way. We got people that think that this should have happened or this shouldn't have happened, that thought we should have done this or not done this. People that hope we never bring the coffee and donuts back and people like, I ain't coming till the coffee and donuts come back. <laughs> got people that cheer for this team and cheer for that team that grew up in church, grew up out of church, that read the Bible all the way through a bunch, never opened the Bible one time. We got all, what could unite a bunch of people? It's having the same king. Like I can work through it. God's working on me and God's working on you. And I've got to humble myself and realize as we talk through issues of the day, there's a good chance I may have a, a perspective that's lacking. And that's where I don't see you as a combatant or an enemy. I see you as, as God sending me some help because there's no way one human can see all perspectives. 
So in a multi-ethnic church, we get multi-perspectives. In a multi-generational church, right? The, the, the more years you've lived on this earth, the naturally more wisdom you should have, right? So we need those perspectives. So we invite those. At the end of the day, though, there's no promise that we're going to see issues of the day from the exact same perspective. There's no promise and sometimes not even an attempt to agree. What is true at the end of the day is we can agree to disagree because we serve the same king. And when we can't agree to disagree and move on together as brothers and sisters, it looks bad on the kingdom because the kingdom appears like it's not advancing because they can't agree on some issue that will not matter at all in eternity. But we're coming, church. That's, that's this, the most un-Christmas Christmas title we've ever done. Here we come. Why are we coming? Because... We're, we're not having it all figured out, my goodness, but we're coming because we're figuring out what it means to live in building his kingdom and not our own. And there's so much joy in that. It's not punishment. There's so much joy in living what God created you to live as, as a, as a member of his family and advancing his kingdom and not wasting your tiny little short life on your own kingdom building. When we collectively... My goodness, this week, I don't even, I don't even know what the number. Y'all, y'all, every year, you just are so good and generous. We just finished the angel tree. So if you don't know, uh, there's going to be gifts given. And the way we do that, we don't want to bust into somebody's driveway on Christmas Eve and drop all these presents off and relentless church come. No, we want these struggling single moms to the pregnancy center. We want some struggling families uh, that we get connected to through different organizations and even within our own church. We want those, those parents, when there's parents there, to, to get to give those gifts to their, to their kids. So this Saturday, all through Wake County, and again, it's not just us. There's a lot of churches that do a lot of awesome things. I'm just telling you because y'all answer the bell every year and all of the drives that we do throughout the calendar year. And again, this year, you, you didn't just get what the kid put on the card. Like you, you relentless, like you always come with above and beyond. You're going to blow some kids and families away. And I want you to think about that. I want you, I always ask our church on Saturday, sometime in your Christmas, whatever your schedule and tradition is, sometimes just pray, pray for those angel tree families because what we don't want them is to be wowed by the gifts. I mean, we do, but the end of that is not, wow, we got great gifts and, and the adults that know like to wow. What we want them to know is that there's a God that loves them. And this is just one demonstration of that. And when we... That's kingdom building, right? You're like, I don't know how to build it. Like that's when, when you love on people that need love, when you help somebody that's in a tough spot, like that's kingdom building. That's what we're talking about. When you do that, it's here we come. When, when you support every month, some of you don't even think about it because it's automatic draft, 40 bucks. We have 60 kids in a town called La Ceiba, Honduras. We started with, I don't know, like 13 years ago, and now we're up to 60. We sent a group. We're supposed to send another group. Pandemic messed that up. Eventually, we'll send another team back to Honduras. But 40 bucks a month, individuals, some of you sponsor multiple kids. I don't know all the details of it. I know we have uh, the Joneses. We're, we're a part of that. We get to write letters and, and sponsor a kid, and that $40 changes their their education future, their healthcare future, and it presents them with the gospel and connects them with the church if they're open and willing to that. That's kingdom building, right? Those kids, you're like, well, you know, 40 bucks a month. How much? Like those kids, if they were here, we had a testimony a few months ago. Remember uh, that, how awesome that testimony was? It is, it is the biggest day of their life when they get sponsored. That's, we're coming. 
Like we got, we got a lot to work on, but we're, we're coming, man. When, when, you, when you say and admit out loud, I can't do this anymore. That's king. When you come to the end of yourself, when you say, I have an addiction and I can't get over it on my own strength, that's a hard but beautiful moment. When we become a church that is so welcoming and so, so full of heart and applause for the, for the addict who just admitted that they need help and just went to their first meeting, but also for the addict that's been to 100 meetings and had a really awful December. This is the place. Kingdom. God's rule. God's priorities. God's agenda, not man's, but it's so easy. Especially this time of year, it's so easy to think about my kingdom. So let's just, let's just allow, let's just allow God to, to work on our hearts. I know this is a crazy week that's about to happen and we're praying for safe travel and all this, but right now let's just stay here and and the word kingdom is built on the word king. And we talk about Jesus as king. We sing that. But if he's king, I love that we sang this earlier. There's this phrase of bowing down. What would the king who loves you and wants best for you, he's not a tyrant. What would the king who loves you enough to grow from a baby to a man and die on a cross? He's for you. Don't doubt it. What would that king have you surrender to him? Sometimes as a parent, I get caught thinking about my own kingdom. I get caught thinking about what would other parents think about what my kid is doing or saying or whatever. It's not about what's best for my kid. It's not about what my king would call me to do as a dad. Sometimes it's about me and my kingdom and what I want. What would, what would bowing down this morning, right? What would, we, we don't bow down to any man we don't bow down to anything except the King Jesus. Yes, he came as a baby, but, but even as a baby, the Magi showed up and ended bowing down to him. That's how powerful our King was. And now we, we come, and it's not just a song. It is a posture of life. Is he King of your marriage? Is he King of your future that is unknown? Is he King of your major? Is he King of the dreams that you had that are not coming to fruition in the timeline that you thought? Is he king of your finances? Is he the king of your heart? What would the God of the universe communicate to your heart that I would have no idea how to say it? What would he communicate for you that this Christmas would be completely beautiful, different if you would bow down to the king in this blank area. What is it? What is it that's unsurrendered? What is it that you're scared to trust him with? He's trustworthy. When we invite God's reign and rule into our daily lives, into our marriages, our education, our jobs, our free time, our friendships, when we say, you're the boss, I don't understand why you seem to be taking me down this, but I trust you because you are my king. Then we're kingdom living. Then we're allowing him to use us to build what he's building because all of history pointed to Jesus. He showed up 
As a Messiah, as a baby, he died, he rose. Now, all of history, all of history is building to his return. We can't talk about Christmas or Easter without the return of Jesus. He gave us these things in history to show us that he's real and he does fulfill his promises. In his timeline, not ours. I don't have any inside information on when Jesus is showing back up. But we know this is coming to an end because he came, he was born, he died, and he rose, and he promised all that, and he promised one more thing. The best is yet to come, church. So our king will return. Do we want to spend this tiny, little, short, precious life on this earth building our own kingdom? Or do you want to feel the joy and soul satisfaction of daily giving yourself up? I don't want to waste my time on me. God, how can I be a part of building your king and your kingdom? And how, the answer to how is by daily surrendering and bowing down. You're the king. You're the king of my vacation. You're the king of my house, you're the king of my heart, you're the king of my time, you're the king of everything I am and have. And that doesn't produce the emptiness that comes from gifts that fade. I love that our worship team who who seeks God and really asks the power of the Holy Spirit to help us know what to sing and how to sing and when to sing. I love it that that we're going to end this year with this song. Hosanna, and I want you to know what you're singing. Hosanna is this crazy mixture of a, of, of a couple uh, non-English words, and it comes out to us as Hosanna, but it's, it's this really connected back to Luke 2 that we looked at when, when the angel said, glory to God in the highest. That, that phrase, in the highest, in English, it's, it's like God is above all and, and in all and, and glory to God like to the infinite, like as high as it can go and everywhere, like all extra on steroids, on steroids, glory to God, right? So later when Jesus, the baby grew to this man and he's going to Jerusalem, you know what they thought, right? They thought this baby, this Messiah that was promised because we're the Jewish people and he's going to come and make everything right and these Old Testament prophecies they're, they're kind of vague, so we can make them say what we want them to say. So, so he's going to come, and he's going to set up a Jewish nation, and he's going to kick the Romans out, and he's going to be emperor and king. He's going to be king in that way, like no votes. He's the king, Jesus, and he's going to you know, kick butt and take names, and that's what he's here to do. So they thought, so he's riding into Jerusalem, and they're shouting, Hosanna, which, which translates in English, the best we have is, save us now. It's not like you know, say, it's save us with urgency. Like right now, you're the one. You're going to come and save us from the Roman oppression. They had no idea that he was going to do one so much better. That instead of defeating the Roman government, he would defeat sin, death, and hell. So now we don't sing, save us from any of that. We, we sing as people that have been saved, or for some of you are going to be saved by the power of the gospel, that our Savior has come. And now it's about kingdom living. The favorite, my favorite line of this song is, break our heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. We have so much that I'd love to get into that we're excited about for 2022. This isn't the day for that. This is the day to ask your own heart the question, am I living for my own kingdom or for his kingdom? And if he has saved you, it's a day to celebrate 
that he came as the great rescuer, that he showed up not to have a cute nativity, but he came, as we talked about a few weeks ago, to save the sinners of the world. Father, I pray that we could sit in the lyrics of this song, that they would just go deep into our hearts. And God, I want to pray specifically for those in the room or online that have believed that there's a God for many years, but they have never surrendered. Like they've never allowed you to be their king. They only know you as savior. Like they want to be saved, but they've never known the beauty of surrendering to you as king. Would you, would you walk with them in this moment and even call them and let their heart feel that call, that they would feel the love through your Holy Spirit and the power of the gospel, they would be drawn to a surrender that they've never experienced. And God, for us as a church, I just thank you for coming, for showing up, for your faithfulness in 2021, for your faithfulness in Bethlehem, when your faithfulness in Jerusalem as our Jesus went to a cross. May we just never get over that. And God, would you break our heart for what breaks yours? Would you help us just give up what we need to give up to to go all in on the cause of this kingdom that's advancing that will never end. God, would you be clear with us what it might look like to make you king of different areas of our lives? Would you give us courage to follow through? And right now, God, as a body, would you help us worship you, the only one who is king? We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand?